really know much about Halloween. When the hills ran red. The festival of Samhain. The blood of animals and children. Between the real and the unreal. Our craft. Witchcraft. Did my father say anything to you the night he died? I saw something that night. I thought he was crazy, out of his mind. He's hanging onto a Halloween mask. He wouldn't let it go. And what he said was, they were going to kill us. All of us. Two men died here tonight. No, it wasn't an accident. I've been doing some detective work. I think my father ran into trouble somewhere between here and Santa Mira. He made Santa Mira what it is today. He's watching you, friend. I guarantee you that. October 20th, pick up more masks. That's the kind your father had in his hand. He brought in every one of them factory people from the outside. Oh my God, that's Papa's car. It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Welcome back to Uncle Dad Oween, another special day, a special day to talk to my friends about horror movies. Uh, I'm very excited about this because I love these two so much. And this is technically a two-part episode in some respects, right? Because you guys are part of the same entity. Uh, I am with a fellow podcaster, uh, great guy all around. Uh, give it up. And I'm, I'm going to do my best not to butcher this name. But give it up for Sam Supa, the <laughs> the Grail Craig. <laughs> How about this? How about this? You can introduce yourself. Here you go. Go ahead. I'm Sam Supa, not the Crab Rangoon, the Grail Rangoon. <laughs> that sounds good, though, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. What's going on? Um, I'm the co-host and producer for the World of the Toys R podcast out of Oakland, California. And uh, yeah, it's good to see you and good to talk to you again. You, you took a break, but now you're back. Yes. Yeah. Life hit me hard in a fun way. <laughs> Quarter, That's <I'm> good. <laughs> I hope it didn't. I didn't hope it didn't hit you in like a Clerks Three type of way because I would have sucked. Oh yeah, it would have sucked. You're right. You're right. Uh, yes, uh, but we're talking about horror film uh, today, and I'm so glad about the movie you picked because it's one of my favorites of all time. Definitely in my top twenty. Uh, you picked Halloween three. Uh, so before you answer anything real fast, here's my main question: How old were you when you first saw it, and how did it feel when you first saw it? I saw it on television. Um, gosh probably when I was like 13 or something. And I remember being like, oh, I was expecting Michael Myers and I didn't get Michael Myers. I got some like weirdo pervy doctor who's goes to some small town and discovers all this horrible stuff. Um, I think I was really turned on then by the commercials for it as a kid. When I was a kid, commercials were everything. When you used to go to the movie theaters, you just see the movie posters and that's all you had to go off of. You're like, oh, I can't wait to see that movie with that movie poster. There's no internet. There's no like... 
people who spoil shit like they do now. And I remember being really into the season of the witch and the masks. It looks really compelling because it, you know, I just barely starting as, you know, trying to become a teenager and being like trick or treating is still on my radar. Scary stuff is still scary, but you know, there's no Michael Myers in this thing. And it, it builds this like level of tension. Uh, definitely, uh, completely uh, facilitated by the soundtrack by John Carpenter and Alan, Hog- and Alan Hogworth is like, you just don't know what to expect. There's some creepy stuff going on. Uh, you know, these masks are a big thing. All the kids are buying them. They're going crazy for this, this uh, you know, the shamrock masks. And then you find out that there's these weird secret agent guys that are killing people. And then it just kind of builds to where you want to know where, what is this all related to? And the movie was really a slow burn because it was like very slow, not too many jump scares. It was more like of a detective, detective type situation. Yeah. You know, I would have loved to have seen Columbo uh, be in that movie. It's like oh. Halloween 3 starring Columbo. And he's like, just one more question on these masks. <laughs> yeah, it just would have been, would have been hilarious. Um, but the detective aspect was kind of cool because eventually you discover what an insane, horrific conspiracy this is. Yeah, and you never would have thought that there was like some silver shamrock, you know, old timey isle back from Ireland, Stonehenge, ancient druidic, you know, <laughs> Celtic days of crazy magic to like destroy children or something. <laughs> like it's it's a really weird movie, and a lot of people prefer Michael Myers, and it, you know, it makes sense. Uh, I, I read somewhere that when uh, Carpenter didn't direct the movie, somebody else directed it, but when his idea for Halloween three is like, let's have an anthology series of Halloween stories. And this happens to be one of them. And they went and made a movie out of it. And uh, it's become iconic and and really well accepted over the last 10 years. Uh, I I talk to more people who I introduce it to or have seen it or asked me about it. And they have the coolest characters. I mean, the the three, the the kid, the witch, those are pretty iconic. Now you're seeing those everywhere and people like, Oh, that's from Halloween three or the, or the weird distorted Halloween uh, pixelated on the TV screen. That's really iconic now. But the movie itself doesn't really start scaring you until like, well, halfway through the movie when you realize what's going on, that this company is sending out these weird uh, cyborg flesh agents to kill people and stop them from digging into Silver Shamrock, the, the, yeah. the company that makes these masks. And you're building up to Halloween to where um, they, they're they like, hey, get your silver shamrock mask and watch this awesome Halloween show we got ready for you at like 9 o'clock on Halloween night. Like they're going to like, it's going to be some cool shit's going to drop from silver shamrock. But as we know, if you watch the movie, the only thing that drops is those kids' faces as their heads turn into like living insects and snakes. Yeah. <laughs> and they're so casual about it. Like, of course. I started this industry to make, you know, these Halloween masks just to k- turn kids' heads into insects and snakes. Like, everything that children are fucking afraid of. Like, to this day, that scene still, like, freaks me out. Where, like, you know, a couple kids get their heads turned into fucking snakes and, and creatures and, and yucky shit, like centipedes. And that's fucking gross. Like, that's, like, the, ick- the ickiest of icky that still grosses me out. I'm not saying I'm afraid of spiders, but I don't like, I still, like, don't like snakes and I don't like other slimy shit, you know. I don't have to deal with that shit. I'm a modern modern man over here, you know. You know, civilization evolved to the point where I don't need to deal with snakes anymore. They're not really part of my daily life, and I definitely don't want them in my fucking Halloween mask. I'll tell you that. It's it's funny that you talk about that what they turn into because that always stood out to me when I was a kid, and I was like, 
also like why is that the, why is that the terrifying part like why is why like why did they pick those things like, they could have like melted and blood could have came out and all this crazy shit but why why snakes and you know centipedes and stuff like that like why that you know um that's so that's so funny you say that but by the way just thank you so much you covered all the grounds and i love that you did so thank <laughs> you uh you know halloween 3 i think truly is one of those films that has gotten so much appreciation kind of what you were saying in the past 10 years and I, I think it's it's just kind of fun, like really, right? Would you agree that it's just a fun movie? It's a fun movie because um, it's very of its times. I mean, that doctor is just walking through the hospital, slapping women's asses and sexually harassing anybody with tits in that in that movie. Just yeah. gets sexually harassed by that doctor, yeah. and he's going through a shitty divorce. So what does he do? Buy some Halloween shit for his fucking kids that he never sees because he's too busy being a hard drinking, cigarette smoking doctor who's harassing women at the, at the hospital, and and it's trippy that he ends up, uh, you know, helping the young woman uh, to to kind of like deal with this weird mystery, and of course they end up hooking up because you know that's what happens in in old eighties movies and seventies movies if there's a, a male and a female they just like fuck or there's something or they kiss or something, <laughs> and it's kind of funny how. It always happens in, in 90s movies and in aughts movies and even more recently, you know, like when you think about <laughs> Force Awakens, the last, the, the part of the first Star Wars movie, the sequels, there's no reason why Finn and Rey shouldn't have kissed. Right. Like right. if this was the 80s, well, actually, if it was the 80s, they wouldn't let a black man kiss a white woman on the screen in a Star Wars movie. I think you know what I'm saying. It just would have been the romantic <laughs> entanglement is more common uh, back then. You know, and it's weird because you watch some of those old Charles Bronson movies or old movies from the 80s or late 70s where, like, the, the lead is, like, way older than, like, the younger woman. Like, you ever watch, you want to watch something weird, watch The Hunter. It was Steve McQueen's last movie before he died where he plays a bounty hunter who lives in some flop house in L.A. with a hot young teacher wife and she's pregnant. And that's <laughs> just, you know, and and he was, like, 50 in that movie or 40-something in that movie. And granted, she was probably in her early 30s, which is kind of normal. I mean, what am I saying? I mean, I'm turning 50 in my Beyonce is about to. Anyways, the point being is that back then, they were a lot more loose and fast with the way people hook up in movies and television shows. Loose it was just always, always expected, you know? So when this guy is, is the creepy detective and he starts finding out, like, hey, let's just go to the factory. And the factory is supposedly in, like, Santa Rosa. Right? The, it's, it's like a it's like a, a non-existent town in Northern California, but it's Santa, basically Santa Rosa is where it is. Oh, I didn't know that. That's so cool. Yeah, it's called Santa something, the name of the town, but it's actually based on Santa Rosa. So this whole thing happens in the Bay Area. Um, and so they finally get to the factory, and they're like, okay, well, let's find out more secrets here. And then you meet the guy who, like, sold the most masks at his toy store, who brings his kid, who's hella stoked for the Silver Shamrock thing. And, you know, the creepy dude um, who plays the owner, um, he I remember him from the 80s because he did a lot of commercials in the eighties. And he was like an, you know, I think it was a British actor. So he's kind of very like elegant about, Oh yes, you sold the best masks and you're the, you're the greatest. And we can't wait for Halloween. And then you realize everybody he works with is like some sort of weird, like meat cyborg, like flesh cyborg, just like when those weird, uh, you know, men in black that he sends after people, like they like disappear and like, like melt away and shit. It just gets really weird. Right. But the payoff, the payoff is finally when they go to the factory it's Halloween. He goes to the main production floor and you find some like ancient Celtic relic glowing <laughs> made out of stone in the middle of the production floor that they're all monitoring, which I guess is going to power that. I think they had microchips or something in all the silver shamrock mass 
Yep. But then we're basically like simultaneously through the television set, turn all these kids into this like creature faced melting snake centipede kids. Like what was their ultimate uh, end game? Like once you do that, you've killed all the children in America. Then what happens then? Like you sacrifice them to like a greater God. I mean, I'd really like to know what like the, I'd like to see that whole plan. You know, and that's the thing. Of, like, that's the whole thing about like James Bond movies. They'll tell you the whole plan at the end of the movie. Yes, I yeah, really would have yeah, loved yeah, this yeah. guy's like. I want, I want to hear the whole plan of this old guy had for this mask and the kids and, and all the death. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, his, his ending monologue, right, where he talks about the reason why we did this is to end global warming. <laughs> you know? Something, but with all that plastic they use in those fucking masks, I don't know. I, I, right, right. I think it'd be, be something else. That's so funny. But yeah, I mean, so so that movie when it ends, you're like, well, gosh, you know. Uh, now the doctor's the crazy guy running through the streets saying, hey, don't watch TV on Halloween because he knows it's going to really happen. And, it, you know, I like to believe it happened anyway, and that story is over. And let's get back to Michael Myers because that's, that's not what people really care about anymore. Yeah, of course, I don't know. Yeah. I like that movie. It's one of those weird uh, – that movie uh, and, like, Return of the Living Dead are some of my favorite movies from the 80s. Oh, Return of the Living Dead. Literally, it was going to be my 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 choice, but I went with Halloween three because I still think it needs more exposure, and I love it. Like it's the first thing I watched this Halloween season. I mean, I own it and I watch it all the time, but I did I I did make a point of watching that like as the first spooky movie in once October hit. Awesome. Uh, Let's talk about the filmmaker. You brought the director. The director is Tommy Lee Wallace, not Tommy Lee Jones, but Tommy Lee Wallace. And Tommy Lee (laughs) Wallace, some very interesting films. So he does that movie right, and then. You know, for some reason, down the line in his career, the one that stood out to me the most is that he ended up doing Flipper. I guess there was like a TV show of Flipper. Do you remember that? <laughs> there was a TV show of Flipper before Halloween 3. I mean, the Flipper show. Brett Hall was the Flipper show. Oh, God. 60s? Really? So they brought it back, and then he took over for that. About the Dolphin? Oh, really? He brought it back? Yeah, he brought it back in 1995 to 1996. Yeah, so I started another – I got another thing that I'm cooking up called Alone at the Movies, which is going to be a podcast about filmmaking and films. But I specifically posted about Halloween 3. And, yeah, we have uh, Tommy Lee Wallace as the director. And, um, you know, what I wrote about is that it's clever science fiction occult when you really yep. think about it. It's not as much a horror movie as it is a weird occult science fiction because the technology, the technology makes it science fiction. The occult is obviously the weird Celtic rock, and then a lot of the other stuff in it is just—it's like a—it's like a—it's like a mystery. It could have been an episode of the X Files, yeah. my, uh, but yeah. So Tommy Lee Wallace did Flipper, eh? Yeah, he did Flipper. He also what did, else? His last movie he did was uh, or directed wise was, was um, Vampires uh, Los Mortos. Remember that one by uh, with uh, Wes Craven? I think he produced it. Do you remember that one at all or no? Oh, the the Wes Craven Vampires movie. Sorry, it's sorry. No, no, no. John Carpenter produced it. Sorry, and it stars John Bon Jovi as the lead, and it's about him killing vampires in the middle of some, you know, Mexico City type thing. Oh, and that was and that was based on the John Carpenter vampire series. Yes, yes, yes. Which is isn't that James Woods killing vampires? Some shit like that. Yeah, I don't not too familiar with that series that much, but yeah. So oh, so they, trippy. So he went to do that, and then I believe he has another movie coming out. Tommy Lee Wallace. Uh, oh, that's great. Uh, Tom Lee Wallace's next movie coming out, which will be, uh, it's already completed. We don't have a date for it, but it's called Helliversity. 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 And all okay. I know are St- uh, Stephen Langford and uh, and it stars, uh, and it's written by Tim Tommy Lee Wallace as well. No date, 
no pending, but it was filmed a long time ago, and apparently it's going to come out eventually. <laughs> oh, wild. Yeah. Oh, well, he, okay, so he also directed the It TV show. He did, yep, yep. That's wild. I mean, he has a long career in horror, which is great, and, you know, I mean, plus he knows how to work with dolphins. I mean, that's just, that's talent. Well, I think we're all forgetting that he also directed an episode of Baywatch, and let's be honest, that's the biggest horror. <laughs> you know, I've never, I've never watched Baywatch. I mean, I know what it is. But I just never watched. I just had no interest. I mean, Watch there was this. no, there's no car that talks to the guy. I don't really. I'm, I'm out. Like, why but do the, I care? It was about... on all the weird times or something. <laughs> I never watched. This. I was busy. That was in the nineties. Right? I was like busy, like DJing and raving way too hard. So I was just like, don't got time for TV. Busy, busy doing this. You were doing a different yeah. Bay watch. Like it <laughs> in the Bay. It's true. I was there in the Bay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let me. I had some random facts here that I wanted to throw your way, see if you knew it all. Uh, okay, you know the, who the original director was before uh, it went to well, uh, Tommy Lee Wallace. I'm gonna guess um, John Carpenter's wife. Uh, no, it was Joe Dante. Joe Dante was gonna direct that. Yeah, originally. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, isn't that crazy? But he had to leave because he had to film. Uh, he had to film an episode of Twilight Zone. Uh, sorry, he had to film the Twilight Zone, the movie, I think, or something like that. Like, oh, to- oh well, we all know how that went. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And so he had to fill in somebody quickly, and that's how that's why Carpenter got uh, uh, Wallace very quickly. So I mean, Carpenter kind of believes in this Wallace dude. He's like, "Hey, you're." I mean, obviously he did it again because he let him do vampires too. So I guess Tom Tommy Lee Wallace is trustworthy with your properties. Either that, or he had nobody else that was willing to do it for what he wanted to pay. <laughs> Potentially, I guess. <laughs> I just I, I don't know I think it's kind of I think it's kind of funny to think about like him just handing it over to him and then also yeah. there was only those masks that you saw that those masks actually and I don't know where they came from but they actually came from like like different manufacturers like they, they existed already but there's only one of those masks that was specifically designed for the uh, actual movie and do you know which mask that is I'm gonna say the witch. Uh, do you want to say the witch for sure? All right, it was the pumpkin, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, it was actually the um, the skeleton. Oh no, I'm sorry, not the skeleton, the pumpkin. Yes. <laughs> okay, so it's funny because I was watching. Um, this is random. Uh, there's a TV show that was from the '70s called The Hardy Boys. Oh yeah, David right. Cassidy. Yep. And I watched some Halloween clip of their season one, episode one, Halloween episode. Yeah. And in the background, people are wearing a lot of rubber masks, and yeah. somebody's wearing a mask that looks a lot like the skeleton. Yeah, so it was made Don Post. Remember that? Oh, so it's a common Don Post mask. Exactly, yep. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty funny, though, right? Like how it was just so easy to get those, and then you put them in there. Back then, because we didn't have the internet, right? You didn't have the ability to, to mass produce like that, right? Well, yeah. I'm sure that, like, you know, they're connected people in Hollywood. I mean, just look at Star Wars. The majority of the stuff in the first cantina was all stuff that, like, they had lying around the shop. Yeah, that's, that's why you ended up with a wolfman and, a, and like a freaking uh, <laughs> who's a wolfman and a Dracula looking dude or yeah. a devil looking dude from uh, the cantina scene. Those are common masks that had lying around, but the special effects guys are like, "Oh, we need more masks to fill the, the you know, we can't design new ones. We got to use these old ones." That's why you have a wolfman, and, yeah, wolfman and, and the devil and and the cantina scene in the first Star Wars. That's so funny. You just taught me so I didn't, I didn't remember that. I didn't really think about that, but thank you. Uh, I'm full of a lot of useless information. <laughs> uh, so before we go. Uh, you know, you you have your your podcast. Uh, can you please tell our audience uh, what your podcast is, what it's about, and where they can find it? We're called Where the Toys Are. Uh, we are a Bay Area based toy podcast concentrating on action figures and vintage toys, and we also cover current news, uh, TV, pop culture, movies, 
and uh, we just generally everything uh, talk about everything and whatever's going on in our lives and whatever's going on in the Bay Area, whatever's going on in America. Just, uh, we started during the pandemic, and it's kind of uh, been moving forward. Uh, this week, we're actually recording our 55th episode. And uh, yeah, so uh, it's, it's fun. We have a pretty diverse uh, flow of conversation, and we have a lot of pe- different type of people that listen to us. So we're where the toys are. And you're on everything, everything, right? Every stream available wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, uh, I love it. Thank you. Uh, yes. Yeah, so not only are we going to have you on, but part two, we're going to have your your co-host on. How exciting is that? Who's going to have the better episode? You or him? You think? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we're we're just so so alike. <laughs> <laughs> You are the same person, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, where can our audience connect with you? Do you have a, an Instagram you want to share for that where our audience could connect with? Uh, yeah, that's G R A I L G A N G U on Instagram. <laughs> that's uh, Crab Rangoon. <laughs> Crab Rangoon on Instagram. Just mm, one more time and it appears. I see one more time. It's better appear in the studio. That's what Brett wants. That I love it. Good. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sam. Always a pleasure getting to talk to you. Thank you for talking about this great movie. And uh, I cannot wait to connect with you. I think we're, I want to do another collab with you and uh, your mans out there uh, for holiday again. What do you think? We'll see if we can make that work. We love you, no. Uncle Dad. <laughs> we'll see, he says. He doesn't say yes. He says, we'll see. Ooh, a tricky. I like it. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you all tomorrow. Take care.